What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the End Times Podcast with your host here, Kyle. Um, I just wanted to say this past weekend, I had an amazing experience and opportunity to go to the church, um, Austin Stone, up in Austin. And we had a discipleship conference that went very well. Um, We just basically got to experience God and all of his glory there in Austin. It was a great time. Um, We grew spiritually. We learned how to serve. We learned how to serve the community. Uh, We learned different ways of how to begin serving. We also learned different topics ranging from identity to dating to um, mission to theology, things like that. I mean, there's so many different things that we've learned. I mean, we've listened to probably about seven total sermons the entire time we were there and it was just absolutely amazing just the span of these two two and a half days that we spent were amazing and so i had the luxury of spending it with my church but not only my church my girlfriend um we had a great time um just sitting there and and actually experiencing the word and growing in god's glory um but today i have something very special that i actually wanted to start doing it was brought to my attention um, that I needed to start preaching the goodness of God and and God's and in Christ's love. And so with that, I had an idea to kind of have like a devotional once a week thing, or maybe two times a week, just depending on what I feel like doing. So, I mean, start seeing, start being prepared for episodes to release, um, a little bit, um, more regularly than they do. Um, another thing that I wanted to share was that um, I got the pleasure to talk with um, Jamie Ivy. If you don't know who that is, she has her own podcast called The Golden Hour, and it is a great podcast. She goes to the Austin Stone, so we got a really um, cool. We got to hear her talk. We had a Q and A with her, and one thing I asked is how does she how does she have topics all the time when she feels like she's running out of topics how does she how does she maintain it how does she do it and well what she does is she brings people on now i might bring people on every once in a while but i mean i this is a solo show i love preaching this is just a passion of mine and so usually preaching is just kind of a solo thing you get up on a stage or you have a podcast or what have you you speak to a group of people and you you go solo but um she said to get from the audience, like what, what is your most listened to podcast? What are the things that your audience enjoys? So I might um, go back through the episodes that y'all have listened to the most um, and basically try and break those episodes down to where I can explain it a little bit better, kind of revisit um, things that I've already talked about. So this is going to, that's going to be a separate part from the devotional. The devotional is, um, strictly for diving into the word and just mainly focusing on the word. So if you haven't already, um, I would grab your Bibles because this episode is going to be very, um, very biblically, um, very biblically based. Um, and so if you guys want to like get a journal or, um, in your, like, you know, write down annotations in your Bible, um, or just grab a highlighter at least, um, and so we can dive into this word. Um, God really put this on my heart to do this um, since it was brought to my attention. You know, 
try doing things that you haven't normally done before. Um, and so not only that, but, you know, preaching the word more, not just taking headlines and, and relating them to Bible prophecy. Um, and so oddly enough, um, I, you know, well, not oddly enough, I prayed about it, but then oddly enough, um, I was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, tell me when to stop. And I was just kind of, you know, flying through the pages and I happened to stop on the very first page of Revelation. So we're going to go through Revelation. So what are the odds that we're going through Revelation in the End Times podcast? So we're going to do that. We're going to go ahead and roll the ads so we can jump right into it. We're going to go in with a little bit of background of the book of Revelation, who wrote it, why it was written, what it's about, and why it's not a scary book to read. Um, so just sit back, relax, get get some food, snacks, whatever. We're, we're about to dive in. We're about to experience the word together. Alrighty, so we are diving into the book of Revelation. We're going to go through the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. But not only that, we are also going to use some other um, scripture to kind of relate everything with one another. So go ahead and turn to Revelation. But before we start reading the actual scriptural um the actual scriptural part of the podcast or the actual scriptural part, we are going to read. I have a study Bible, which is, makes it very easy for me, not only to write sermons, but also better interpretate it. So um, I'm going to give you some background on the book of Revelation, who wrote it, things like that. Um, so the author um, of the book of Revelation was John. So here in authorship, it says, according to the book itself, the author's name was John, a prophet. Traditionally, this John has been identified as the apostle, the son of uh, Zebedee. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry. These names are crazy. Um, that the style of the revelation is different from that of the gospel and the three epistles of John does not prove that the revelation was written by a different John. Meaning this is the same John that you see during the crucifixion, during the Last Supper, during all of Christ's work on earth. So John was pretty old when he wrote the book of Revelation. Um, <clears throat> the nature of apocalyptic literature, the fact that this that this revelation was given in a different or given in a vision and the circumstances of John being a prisoner could easily account for this different the differences in style. Let's remember where John is. John is sent away. He's cast away. He is basically living alone in this cave by himself. So just keep that in mind. Um, he's not around people. Nobody's around him. Um, clearly, the revelation was written in a period when Christians were threatened by Rome, undoubtedly by pressure to make them recant their faith and accept the cult of imperial worship. Some maintain that the book was written during Nero's persecution of Christians after the harsh burning of Rome in 64 AD. However, the more pro probable date is during the harsh reign of that warped personality domain. The later date of this book was held by the church father Irenaeus, um, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, and the other early Christian writers. And it agrees better with the picture of complacency and the defection of the churches in chapters two and three. This I'll, I'll explain that later. It makes sense. Um, 
this dating is widely accepted by modern modern scholars. Now we move on to the interpretation. There are four principal viewpoints concerning the interpretation of this book. Number one, the the preterist, which views the prophecies of the book have already been fulfilled in the early history of the church, which I don't believe is true. Uh, the historical, which understands that the that the book is as portraying a panorama of history of the church from the days of John to the end of time. The idealist, <clears throat> which considers the book a, pict- a pictorial unfolding of great dis- principles in constant conflict with without reference to actual events, which I don't believe is true. I believe these are futuristic events, which is the next point, the futurist, which principles in the constant conflict with... <clears throat> uh sorry uh which views most of the the book <clears throat> as prophecy yet to be fulfilled the futurist is the viewpoint taken in these notes based on the principle of interpreting the text plainly the book of revelation is uh, the book is a revelation or an apocalypse as and as such is expected to be understood much off as frighteningly clear some symbols are explained, others are not. This is always important to notice words such as like or something like, for these words indicate a comparison, not identification. And here is the context or the contents of the book. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he is the center of the entire book. In his risen glory, He directs his churches on the earth. He is the slain and risen lamb to whom all worship is directed. The judgments of the seven of the coming seven year period of tribulation on this earth are the display of the wrath of the lamb. Um, And the return of Christ to this earth is described. The millennial reign of Christ is described and the new heavens and the new earth is described. So, before we get jumping right into this book, I need to explain why Revelation is not a scary book, okay? Um, <clears throat> Revelation is the book the only book in the bible that promises a blessing um i believe that most people the reason why they get scared of it is because they take it and they interpret it um a false way um i think they just the book of revelation you can't read the book of revelation without reading the rest of the bible because the rest of the bible basically helps you better understand the book of revelation um especially if you're a christian you are able to better understand this because it is a um how how you how you can say um it, it is poetic in some way it is a way of um it has a different way of describing things that we wouldn't normally describe things today and <clears throat> when people see like the the beast in the sea um the mark of the beast the the um you know the the um the small beast with set you know all the all of that stuff 
<clears throat> the way that they view that, they view that there's actually going to be this beast. There's actually going to be a dragon and there's going to be all this crazy stuff, which it's not true because this is just a way that John saw, or sorry, not John, or yeah, John, John the Revelator. This is the way he saw that and found a way to basically interpret this book. And so us as Christians find ways to better understand these. When you have, when you, when you're a Christian, you read the Bible more, you get more, you get a better sense of interpretation of what the Bible is actually telling you. So, um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, so in regards to <clears throat> when Christ, um, when Christ uh, from Christ's uh, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, to when this book was written, this book was written between ninety and ninety six after the death of Christ. Christ died um, in um, the year thirty. So this is about 60 to 66 years um, away from after or after Christ um, was was um, crucified. Um, he died and he rose again and then ascended into heaven. <clears throat> so if we move over to chapter one, verse one, it says this. Um, and I do have the uh, New International Version, so the wording might be different, but the context is still there. Um, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, or gave him to show his servants what's, what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is this is why I say this is a blessing because it says this. John writes this: "Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near." Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. John is in this cave, and he is looking back. At his life, he just got done um, writing the Gospel of John. Um, he is John one, two, and three was written, um, and he's sitting here, and he's about toward the end of his life. When right before John is to be taken up into heaven, an angel appears to him and gives him a vision of things that are to come on this earth. So he is sitting here um mining in his own business until he sees this this angel and in in my in my point of view if I was sitting there at the end of my life I had served the Lord I've done all of these things um and an angel appears to me I'm going to automatically assume that I'm about to die um <clears throat> because John was pretty old um by this point um and so he gets this vision of things to come so basically this entire book is the vision 
that John was given by this angel and by God. <clears throat> now it says here in verse 4 of chapter 1, to the seven churches in the providence of Asia. So he's talking to the churches of Asia Minor during this time. Um, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and he, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. What was interesting about this verse um, <clears throat> is that this past week or past weekend, when I went to this conference, we talked about mission um, and, and things that we are, are supposed to do. And so from from here... It sounds like he has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. So already right here, he's he's still calling us to serve. Now, I know you've heard in my past podcast why is, you know he's he's talking to Christians <clears throat> because here in modern day, okay, we are in the church age. Um, we are in the dispensation of grace, and so. As of right now, and what I believe, <clears throat> we are living in the book of Revelation, but we're, lit we're, li we're literally living on the last period of chapter 3. Like, we are super close, just with everything that we're seeing in the world today. Now, this next verse here in verse 7 is very interesting. And this is one of the verses that I'm going to give you some background scripture on because... It is very interesting, very interesting. And it says this, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Look, he is coming with the clouds. What does that sound like? If y'all remember or were here for my first podcast which i believe i discussed the rapture of the church <clears throat> it says this here in second thessalonians verse five um through six <clears throat> or sorry through seven don't you remember that when i was with you i used to tell you these things and now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret of lawlessness is already at work, but no one but the one who knows, who now holds it back, will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. The word taken out of the way is, is the Greek word um, harpazo, to mean taken, to be caught up, to be raptured, if you will. Um, Arpazzo is really cool, actually. That's a really cool word. It's kind of like you're going into an Italian restaurant and ordering ordering some food. I'll take a meatball sub and a couple of arpazzos. Um, so I think that's really cool um, that we get, you know, some of these Greek words and we can understand them a little bit more. 
Um, also, um, another word that you can use and throw around, um, not only is harpazo one of them to be caught up, but the word rapturus, which is where we get the word rapture from, um, which also has a sub meaning um, close to the word harpazo, um, meaning to take away. <clears throat> Here in verse eight of chapter one, I am the alpha and the omega. I love that verse, says the, the Lord God who is and and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is written in red, so it's very important. This is what Christ was saying to John. <clears throat> so we move on to um, verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that, that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me with a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write down on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyteria, in Satyrus, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Um, what I think is very cool um, or interesting um, is that John is just still writing these these books late, late into his life. It kind of reminds me of Paul, who was writing letters to Timothy and all these different people that were in these different churches that he had encounters with, that he was with. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Um, and not only that, like I said, he is on an Island by himself. He's sitting in a cave. He is, um, on the edge of his life. And this is the last thing that John does. He writes these scriptures down. It's the last thing he does. And it's very interesting. Um, so we move on to verse 12, the content of the vision, excuse me. Um, I turn around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Like, mention here how it says, like a son of man. Like. To his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were like white wool, as white as snow. White as snow. That's interesting. Who is he talking about here? <clears throat> and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing, rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of his brilliance. If you can't recognize who this is, this is he's talking about Christ. He saw Christ. Okay, um, <clears throat> But the reason why he says he's like the Son of Man is because he partially can't recognize Christ. Because Christ has this new glorified body that he got whenever he 
rose and ascended into heaven, he got a glorified body. When he showed back up, he was in that glorified body. That's why John says he was like the son of man, because when Christ came on this earth and he was in the flesh, he was the son of man. But it says like the son of man, meaning that Christ was not recognizable. He had a different body. He was in a glorified body and he was explaining all of these things. His hair was white as snow. His eyes were like a blazing fire. His voice was like a sound of rushing waters. These are all the things that can be pointed to a glorified body. <clears throat> and now we're going to move on to verse 17 here in chapter 1, where it discussed the consequences of the vision. Okay? Uh, we're running a little bit out of time on this segment, so I'll try and move through this one pretty fast. Um, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, that you have seen what is now and what is or what will take place later. Notice how Christ didn't say what might take place later. He said what will. That will is important because to those people that believe that these are just, these are just, let me see. Let's go back to, to the, the people that were, that we were talking about. Um, okay. So the, the Peter, the preterist. Okay. Their, their claim doesn't make sense. The reason why is because it says it will come. It is to come. Okay. Other people is, um, is the historical. That one doesn't make sense because, like I said, Christ said it will take place. It is going to take place. Ever since the day of Pentecost, whenever the church was born, that started the church age. Okay? We are living in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation started whenever Israel came back into their homeland like it was prophesied would happen. Okay? <clears throat> Verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now we move on to um, chapter two. What is now? He's talking to the church of Ephesus right now. To the angel of the church in Ephesians, write, These are the words of him who hold the seven stars in the right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those whom claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them to be false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember, the height from which you have fallen, repent and do the things <clears throat> you did at first. 
If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. <coughs> you hate the practices of the, Nicol- the Nicolaitarians, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is what this podcast is all about. Go back over verse 7 here in chapter 2. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, I'll, I'll go over that whenever, whenever we finish this letter. To him who overcomes, I will give him the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Okay, so... When discussing this, it's very interesting. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. There are so many churches here that are preaching things that the itching ear want to hear, but not what they need to hear. Okay, there's a difference. Christ is saying when God is giving you an intellect, and a thing to discuss, and a thing to talk about, discuss it, because that is the spirit. That's what this podcast is all about. It's about discussing the things that the spirit puts into my mind and my heart to talk about, and that's what I'm going, and that's what I'm going to do, and that's what I will continue to do. I'm going to end this second, and then we'll continue to verse 8 in Revelation chapter 2. Alrighty, so... Chapter 2, verse 8. This is going to be the message to Smyrna. Um, I know this is a long, this is going to be a long podcast, um, but I think it's really good. These devotionals are really good to have um, pretty long. Um, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the last, or who's the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions, afflictions, and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. But or do not be afraid of what you are about to about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. All right. So, let me see. I had another... Let me go to First Thessalonians. I had something marked down. Um, here we go. In chapter five of First Thessalonians, here and fourteen. Um Oh, sorry, wrong part. 
I had it in here. I don't know where it is. Okay, we'll just continue until I find it later. But it was very important. And yeah, it had nothing to do with this last message anyway. Um, all right, so the next message to Pergern um Pergamum Pergamum. <clears throat> to the angel of the church in Pergamum, right? These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas. Antipas. My faithful witness was who was put to death in your city where Satan, where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to the in, entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teachings of the, the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the church, what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written out, known only to him who receives it. I did want to go over they these were actual churches going through actual persecution um doing things against the name of God um these were the churches that Christ was asking to basically um re repent or he was acknowledging their glory and I wanted to fast forward uh to chapter three because I want to discuss the church that I feel um the church I feel we are living in right now. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Um because it is important to understand that um we in in today's age need to find out what what is the what is the church struggling with what is the church um what is the church facing today um in America in the world um <clears throat> yeah i mean it's um it's very interesting. I'm trying to find the the exact verse that I want to read to y'all. Um, all right, here we go. The Church of Laodicea. <clears throat> this is chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of, of the Amen, the Amen, 
the faithful and true witnesses, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I've done a podcast on this, so y'all should know it. Um, I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and um, salve to put on your eyes so you can see. To whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens it uh, and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm going to ask you a question here, and I want you to be honest with yourself. If Christ came and knocked on your door, and you looked on that peep, looked through that peephole, and you saw it was our Messiah, it was Jesus Christ, would you open that door or would you be too ashamed to open that door and have him come sit with you? Are you still living a life of sin to where you would be so ashamed of what you've been doing because you haven't repented, you haven't sought him out, and you have not acknowledged your wrongdoings? If the answer is, I'm too ashamed, I'm too afraid to open that door, then you need to check your faith and see where you are on the scale of lukewarm or not lukewarm. Because as of right now, this is where the church is heading. Uh, Scratch that. This is where the church is. The church is is lukewarm. The church is not repenting for what they're doing. The church is doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. They are not supposed to be opening their churches to LGBTQ LGBTQ communities and hosting a transgender fashion show. That's what's going on on the East Coast. Look it up. That is not what is to happen. What is to happen is, yes, we are to accept all people. But we are to be be preaching the word and preaching what the Spirit is saying to the church. And that's what I'm going to do with my church. I'm going to allow God to speak through me, and I'm going to be preaching the word, and I'll accept anybody in that church. I want to share one last message here in chapter 3. We're going to backtrack 
to the message to Philadelphia. Many of us in America know what Philadelphia means. It means brotherly love. It's the city of brotherly love. It's the word Philadelphia. That's what it means. Brotherly love. Here in verse 7 of chapter 3 says this, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. I see I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan who proclaim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you, ca- since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will keep you... From the hour of trial that is going to come upon us, come upon the whole world, and to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Those are awesome words right there. I'm going to highlight those words. I am coming soon. Amazing words. Amazing. Amazing. Hold on to what you have so that no one can steal your your crown. That's an awesome verse right there, too. An amazing verse. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write down, I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of my city, or the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. This is the church that we need to be. This is the church that needs to be brought back. This church was beaten. They were persecuted. They were getting sent out of cities because of their faith in Christ. And listen, listen to where it says, listen to where it says, I know you have little strength yet. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. They've got little strength, but they have kept his word and did not deny his name. That's amazing. That is amazing right there. Um, I think this is a good place to end and to ponder. Is that a church I'm going to? Is this a tr- am I going to a church that I that is constantly serving the Lord? Am I constantly serving the Lord? Am I weary from my deeds and my good works toward the Lord? Now I'm not saying good works is the way to salvation. Grace being saved by grace and by Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. But it's through that that makes us do good works. Make sense? It's not good works that makes us get saved. It's salvation makes us do good works because we want to live to the likeness of God. 
And if you're going to a church that's not doing any of those things, they're not the Church of Philadelphia. I'm going I'm to write next to this. Model church. It's a church that you can look back on and be like, huh, this is not what... This is not what my church is doing. I don't feel like my church is 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 being I don't feel like my church's doors are are open wide. Take COVID for instance. Remember whenever the <clears throat> remember whenever the the government was telling everybody to shut their doors? Be like the churches that remained open. There was people in Canada, there was pastors in Canada being arrested because they didn't want to close their doors to their church. He was like the church of Philadelphia. And that's the church we need to be like. We need to be like the church of Philadelphia. Because if we're not like the church of Philadelphia, we are we are the church of Laodicea. We are the lukewarm church. As of right now, that's what it looks like in the world. The lukewarm church. Is it scary? Yes. Is it exciting? Yes. It's exciting to see <clears throat> that Bible prophecy, that this book of Revelation comes to life. This whole Bible came to life. This whole book is alive. Um, in next episode, we will discuss chapter 4. Um... We will discuss chapter five, six. Um, yeah, we will get through four, four through six um, in the next podcast. But I did want to share something from <clears throat> concerning the rapture. Concerning when Christ said, um, let's see. Uh, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come to the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Okay. <clears throat> I want to give you something um, to, to look out for, if you will, um, concerning the day of the Lord. Here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, brothers, <clears throat> about times and dates, we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, sudden destruction will come upon them suddenly, as labor pains on a, rebel, as on a pregnant woman travail, they, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise so that are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief you are all sons of the light and sons of the day we do not belong to the night or the darkness so then let us not be like the others who are asleep but let us be alert and self-controlled for those who sleep at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night but since we belong to the day let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love and a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, 
I'll say that again. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other just in the fact you are doing. I wanted to end it that way because many people have <clears throat> different interpretations when it comes to the rapture of the church. I had a conversation with one of my buddies yesterday about it and how he believes in a mid-tribulation rapture. And I discussed this in my first podcast that there is no possible way there could be a mid-tribulation rapture. The reason why is this, or sorry, a post-tribulation rapture. He believes in a post-tribulation rapture. One, I explained to him this. What's the point in Christ putting his bride through pain and suffering to get beaten up, to get destroyed before her wedding? Another thing is this. A Jewish wedding is very interesting. A Jewish wedding is the husband goes and prepares a place for his bride. And on a day that she does not know, well, let me go back for a second. That place where he's preparing for his bride is the house of his father, his dad's house. And so on a day the bride does not know, the groom will come back and retrieve her and take him or take her back to his house that he prepared for her. What is Christ doing right now? He's in his father's house. He's preparing a place for us. And one day, the day that we don't know, he's going to come back for us and take him into his father's house. Another proof for a pre-tribulation rapture. Okay. The reason why we're talking about the rapture is because after chapter three, the word, the word church is not mentioned once. Chapter 4 through chapter 20, 21 or 22 or sorry, 20 or 21. The word church is not mentioned. Okay. <clears throat> Another thing that um, proves a pre-tribulation rapture. I lost my train of thought. Wow. How about that? Uh, talking about the wedding. Um, <clears throat> the church is the restrainer. Like I read in 2 Thessalonians. The church restrains the Antichrist from appearing. The church cannot, or the tribulation cannot start until the church is raptured and the Antichrist sets or makes the covenant with Israel. Now, in the next podcast, I'm going to first read in Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38 is the battle of Gog and Magog. I've read this and I've done a podcast about it. 
the things going on overseas in Israel are very interesting to see the fact that there are some significant things going on in the Middle East, specifically regarding Israel, that are looking more and more like the beginning of Gog and Magog. Um, we're going to relate that as to why First um, Thessalonians was talking about peace and safety. Um, we're going to talk about how um, the covenant with Israel that the Antichrist makes is related to Gog and Magog. Um, but yeah, guys, I wanted to thank y'all guys so much for listening to the first devotional. Um, we are going to go three chapters at a time through um, the book of Revelation till we're done with the book of Revelation. And then wherever God points us, we'll do another devotional. Um, it's kind of weird starting a devotional at the very end of the Bible. But uh, nonetheless, um, if you haven't read the Bible... I would start reading it. It's something that can change your life, and it's definitely something that can help you um, in your daily life. It's the only book that comes alive. It's the only book that has prophecies that come true. It's the only book that predicts the future. Um, and if you don't believe me, and this is your first episode you're listening to, listen to the other episodes of the podcast, because we relate here on this podcast headlines from the news to Bible prophecy and how Bible prophecy is being fulfilled each day. Um, but yeah, if you guys are new to this podcast, we are so grateful for you here. If you're not a Bible believing Christian, if you're not a Christian at all, um, I thank you so much for joining and sitting here and listening, uh, with me, um, and, and, and just kind of experiencing what the book of revelation really is about. Um, it's, it's going to be a fun little read. We, we read through the first three chapters of the book of revelation. Now we're going to get on to the, the juicy part of revelation. Um, the, the, the part where the church is no longer here in the uh, in on the world during the part we're going to get into the tribulation next episode um and it's gonna be a lot of fun um if you guys are previous listeners you guys have listened to this podcast before we're also grateful you're here um thank you all so much for being here um don't forget to share like i say every episode um you guys can reach people that i can't and it's just a blessing to see all the people that are listening um, and not just here in America. I mean, they're listening all over the world. We have people in the Philippines that I've seen, um, a few people in Germany, a few people in Australia, um, which is very cool. So we've got people all over the place listening to this podcast. Um, and yeah, guys, so don't forget to share. Don't forget to um, just don't forget to read every day. I think I think that's one thing I'm going to strive to do here in 2023 is at least read something once a day um, out of the scripture. So without further ado, I'm going to end this podcast. I thank you guys so much. Um, I love y'all and God bless. Have a great week guys.